Last week we had uh, guests with us, Greg and Angie Pampel, who um, are uh, son and daughter in my house, so to speak, um, from ministry history and that kind of thing. And they're on their way to Africa, and I won't recap all of that for you. But Greg shared a word that I want to follow up on this morning, and really the video was an introduction to that. Um, But I want to just chat to you briefly this morning about the concept of the divine dance. In fact, Greg actually ended with the words from a song uh, that literally, I'll probably misquote it slightly, but essentially the, the quote that came from the end of the song was a question, and it was this, or it was more of a statement, I guess, sort of rhetorical, but the statement was, if you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. And he was just sharing from this perspective, and in fact, he did ask the question, it was sort of a premise for the word, when did we, when did we forget how to dance? When did we as adults, and man, when you see that video of the kids, and you see, I mean, that's 10 minutes of dance, I mean, that's just solid dance, even when they're sitting and chatting, you can see, the dance I'm talking about isn't necessarily something that manifests in our feet, though I think that often it will, um, but Greg shared about his, his youngest, Angelica, who dances her way to everywhere, and, I mean, she's just a precious spirit, but she was one of the most neglected that you could possibly imagine. In fact, her sister Julia uh, Julia and Angelica were separated, uh, ultimately taken from the home because there were no responsible adults in the home. They all were heavy into different sorts of addictions and irresponsibility had, uh, or pardon me, responsibility, according to court documents, had fallen to Julia five. They listed her as the primary caregiver for Angelica two, almost three at that time. But now this little precious spirit who's just been redeemed by the greatness of grace and, and been adopted into this Jesus home is just a little miss singing everywhere. She sings everywhere. She dances everywhere. And, and but, but again, the spirit of dance is what I just wanted to touch base on today, the divine dance, that there's a dance in all of us. And, and that that's, it, again, it is a metaphor in this sense, but it is also our reality. It's a metaphor in the sense that when we talk about our, our life with God, I think it was Casting Crowns that did this, the life song, let my life song sing to you. There's a song in each of us. I mean, I could approach this from so many different angles. Um, there's a song in us. There's a dance in us. Uh, but, and, and the bigger metaphor would be the journey, that, that life, the God life or the journey. But within the journey, there are choices that we get to make. Even on the journey. It doesn't necessarily mean that if we don't dance, that somehow we're no longer on our way to a, a place in eternity with Him. That's not, it's not that. But it's that as we live out our destiny, as we talk around here a lot about destiny, about our destiny even as children of God. Again, I'm, I'm consistently referring you back to John 1.19, to those who believed in Him, He gave the right to be called the children of God. That as the children of God, we have a destiny. And in that destiny, we have a song to sing. It doesn't mean that you necessarily are B.J. Wojciechowski, but it means that in you there's a song and you need to sing it. That, that we talk about the metaphor of the orchestra and you have an instrument to play and you need to play it. And you have a dance. And you need to dance it. That there's that thing in you and there are commonalities in that. And we saw it and we see it consistently. That's why Jesus said, come to me like a child, because they're just so light in the feet, you know, the divine dance and life presents us with choices or chances to choose to sit it out. Some of us, we've made our choice. Thank God for grace. 
which means we get to remake, <laughs> do over. Because some of you have chosen to sit it out. Maybe even for extended times, you think, well, you know, I work and I can sow into this or do that. But that you've missed the opportunity to daily dance, to be a part. Maybe you even come to church sometimes on Sunday and you get a little happy. And that's, that's good and I'm, and I'm glad. But, but that maybe in, in general, something heavy has happened to you and your feet just, again, spiritually speaking, don't move anymore. Last week's word was strong. And so I'm kind of, there's a bit of redundancy in that. But I wanted to reproach Reapproach that and, and think about it for a second. So I just have a few things I'm going to mention to you. Some of them just because of, of how much we've had to talk about today. I won't spend much time on, but I think there's a lot there. But let me just buzz into this real quick. And I hope you'll, you'll just listen uh, quickly. <laughs> Do some quick listening this morning. And I pray that the Lord... Well, I will pray that. Lord, I just pray you'd help this to soak into our hearts, Lord. Even before we leave, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be departing here in even only just a few minutes. But you've been speaking consistently. This is not the beginning of what you've said today. But, Lord, I want to wrap it up. God, in as much as even the word you spoke a few uh, moments ago, um, God, through Danielle, that somehow when we sing even the songs of holy, 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 or worthy, 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 Lord, that we come into harmony with the angels and the cherubims that sit around the throne, God. And we, Lord, sometimes I feel like almost in this place I can feel the harmony of, I can feel the harmony of heaven uh, filling it with us, Lord. And, and so, God, I pray, though, that even in these moments as you wrap up what you've been saying all day, that it come to a point of pragmatism so that we can actually go live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. When you look at the book of, uh, or the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, you could almost, I mean, it's, the, it's that chapter about faith, by faith. And one of the first, the, well, not one of, the first thing that you see in Hebrews chapter 11 is it said by faith that God called everything that there is into being. I mean, you talk about a dance, man. Jesus danced on the universe. He was wide open out there, man, doing his thing and creating. And, and dance is, uh, very, it's a very creative thing. And so I think the original dance party is really Hebrews chapter 11 kind of gives us a description of that. And you see all these different people who buy faith, man. And so first thing I would say to you is that dancing is believing. That when we believe, when, when we step into life with faith, that that's dancing. What does dance look like? What is the divine dance? Number one, I would say that dancing is believing. Hence my reference to Hebrews 11. We sometimes call it the Faith Hall of Fame. I'm going to rephrase it for my own self and just call it the Divine Dance Party, Hebrews chapter 11. Because it was a place where people had faith. Where they believed in what God said and who God is. And so they stepped into that. Man, they lived life. And I think their feet were light. And, you know, I'm going to admit to you that I don't, in a physical sense, I don't know how to dance. Uh, so I'm probably going to look a little silly this morning, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right. Well, and in fact, I said that to Tara. I said, I think I need dance lessons. Because I, for a long time, Karen's wanted me to do, was it uh, ballroom? Her and Kim have been trying to coax me and Nils into ballroom dance classes for a while. Dude, I'm in trouble here because I'm preaching about dance, and so we may end up in those classes after. Sorry. And Nils is like, no, dude, come on, don't cave. But you know what Tara said to me? Here's a way out for us, Nils. Because I said to Tara, maybe I need dance lessons, and she said, no, you don't. You just need to dance. And I think dancing is believing that Papa is pleased with who we are and what we do. That we live life in that place of, of safety and security. It's believing truth. It's believing truth and finding faith in the face, faith, face of a world full of fear 
and lies. I'm going to see if I can say that again. It's, dancing is believing, and believing is finding faith in a world full of fear. I mean, I live in the same world you live in, so don't even try to pretend for a second that you don't ever feel afraid. But dancing is believing in the face of that. Someone said, and it's listed as unknown, so must have been Jesus. But someone said that fear came knocking at the door. And faith answered. And lo, no one was there. Huh. Because when faith answers fear, fear goes away. That's dancing. Dancing is believing. It's, it, it, we, we live in a world full of lies about success, f- full of lies about comparison. And, val- and there's, we could say something about each of these. Maybe if you just jot them out or listen later, you can hear what God's saying to you about them. I can't take the time just now to say. But, but we live lies about what it is to be successful. And I submit to you that obedience is success. It's being who God made you to be. And from that place of being, doing what God asks you, calls you, offers you an opportunity to do it is it is believing in your own value and worth because of the value and worth that he has and has then therefore imparted to you and that but the world will lie about that where you're nobody you're nothing nobody cares about you. you don't have any worth and we know that that's true and no matter how much we say it or see it still sometimes we we believe it but the reality is dancing is believing even in the middle of times of seeming Isolation. There are times and seasons when, when, listen, moms only have conversations with kids and you feel so, I know that that can be hectic and heavy or, or dads are in between jobs and they feel like they're, that we begin to be identified by what we can or can't do for our family or where we have or haven't been. But the reality is that dancing is believing what God says about your value and your worth or freedom from sin. Well, there's those lies that will never really be free. There were people this morning when, when the Lord spoke prophetically through Tammy and and even again through Patton. But there were people who wanted to believe that. But there's a heaviness there that says, but you, you've been saying that forever. And cynicism sets in. And you think, but I'll never really be free. But believe, dancing is believing that it is hope that almost makes it to be in hopelessness. And then somehow you still find the grace to dance. No, no. I still believe. It's believing that there's that God has power over the past and that we're not held captive by it. First John four, five, four, and six says this for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Come on, y'all. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? He who believes, he who dances, right? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Or the message says it this way. Every God-begotten person conquers the world. And the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. And the person who wins out over the world is simply the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And believing, consistently believing, believing and not forgetting the psalmist said in Psalm 106, 11 through 13, the waters covered their adversaries and none of them, so that none of them survived. So then they believed his promises and sang his praise, but they soon forgot what he, what he had done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. Sometimes in, in that season of waiting, we stop believing and we stop dancing. Maybe there are those of us who are in a season 
right, of waiting. And it's, and, and, but don't stop believing. Don't stop dancing. James said in James 2.19, you believe there is a God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Which takes me to our second point. And Blaise, first with a quote, Blaise Pascal said this, In faith there's enough light for those who want to believe and enough shadows to blind those who don't. My point in that is just this, that we still do get to choose though. There's grace to choose to believe. If you get the choice to sit it out or dance, dancing is believing. If you get the choice to believe or not, I hope you, I hope you believe. Faith is a choice that leads to action, which again takes us to our next point, which is just this, that dancing is believing, dancing is trusting. I know they're similar, but they're not the same. And in fact, all these points, they're similarity and overlap, but they're not the same. Trusting is believing, dancing in the face of obstacle and opposition. It's when there are reasons and necessary risks to take to follow through on what we believe. That's trusting. I said it's when there are risks, right, to take to live what we believe. Then that's, that's trusting. We step past. Even the demons believe and shudder. But when our belief moves us to action, then that's, that's trusting. Believing, I think, is dancing. You've got to start there. You never trust if you don't believe. But when you believe, then you begin to learn how to trust. Trusting is dancing. I don't know if you've seen this latest crazy glue ad. I thought it was pretty fascinating. Someone sent it to me on, uh, like, sent me a YouTube uh, link. And I, and, but basically, you know, crazy glue been doing crazy stuff for a minute. I never can find this stuff. But anyway, do you remember the original crazy glue ad? The guy had a hard hat on, and they put some glue on it and stuck him to, like, an I-beam or something. And he's holding on to his hat with crazy glue. I mean, that was pretty crazy. There's a reason they call it crazy glue. All right. I guess he trusted crazy glue pretty good. But now the latest commercial is they take the harness for a bungee jumper. And they basically got a device that the, the cord attaches to the harness. And this device, I'm sorry, the, this device connects to the harness. And then the other half of the device connects to the bungee. And then the only thing holding the device together then, or the bungee to the harness, is like eight or ten drops of crazy glue. And so the dude's there. I mean, you see it won't hold anything. And then they put the crazy glue on and they stick it together and they wait three minutes. And then the guy goes, Woo! Yeah, true story. It's a true, it, they really did it too. I, I'm fairly confident that there might have been some sort of backup rope, but I mean, I don't know for sure, but it, it's for real. And, and he, he jumped. I'm pretty sure crazy glue's lawyers were like, that's too crazy. You can do it, but he better have a second rope somewhere, right? You know, but that's trust. My point in that is just this, that man. I mean, he, this guy apparently really believes, the guy with the hat, that, that it'll work. And there's this place where, well, and in fact, I've used this analogy for a long, long time to describe the difference between believing and trusting. I think Ray and I were chatting about this yesterday, but we might say, again, that we believe, and, in, and rightly so, that we believe in airplanes. We'll say, well, I believe airplanes are safe. I can even say that to you today. But by definition, we're not trusting an airplane until we are in an airplane. 
Right? And that's my point today. Dancing isn't just believing. There are a lot of people who believe and thank God for believing and it's the right place to start. But I think that those that really want to get their dance on, they're people who begin to trust and step out and believe that God is who He says He is to the degree. And who amongst us hasn't offloaded the weight of worry only to pick it up again? Again, who amongst us hasn't? Who hasn't said, no, I'm not going to carry the weight of worry. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to trust in who He says He is. I don't just believe it, but I'm going to step into it. And that's how I'm going to operate and live my life. Only finally in absolute frustration after we've picked it up again and again. And we've done all we know to do to say, finally, I'm going to give this to God. It's in God's hands. And to experience maybe that over and over again. But Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will dance. Sorry, you will abound. In every good work. It's trusting that in every situation you can get your dance on. I mean, what, what is the reality? Why do we struggle with our pitiful attempts to continue that fell us actually miserably when God is fully capable of handling what we're, what we're walking through, what life sends our way? Always dancing, as it were. Because I'll say this to you, that logically, we're trying to solve problems that we simply don't have, right, the wisdom or resource to handle. But yet, we know this, that God is is waiting. He's wanting, right? Paul said it this way, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. My point in that is this, and I quote that scripture all the time, but my point in that is this, that God is waiting for our request. And while he waits for our request, we carry the weight of worry when we know we need not. The truth is we lie awake, unable to sleep because of our worry and distress. And he's waiting for our prayer and petitions so that he can be God and so that we can sleep and dance. And then the third thing. You know, I'm, I'm kind of um, picking and choosing what God... What's on this paper and what God really wants to say when I look down a lot. That's kind of, if I'm tied to my notes, then you know that that means that I'm trying to be selective about the specificity of what God wants to say. Number three, dancing. Okay, dancing is believing. Dancing is trusting. You wouldn't have picked this one. Dancing is trying. Again, similarity and overlap. I understand that. But when we trust God, we end up trying a lot of things. Hey, come on, y'all. I mean, we step out, so when we get out there and we're like, I don't know how to, you know, I mean, it is, it is, Ray, what you said yesterday. It's when, okay, I'm going to just go ahead and pray this prayer. God, heal that arm in Jesus' name, and I hope you keep doing that in Jesus' name. You know, I'm a doctor. I know solutions. I know remedies. But I know that the ultimate, right, solution is found in who he is. And I'm just going to step out, and I'm going to step up, and I'm going to step into that. Last week, again, Greg Pampel was in here speaking, and... Sharing his heart, I called him. I call him Pamp. So if I do that, that's just kind of a nickname. But Pamp was sharing, and when we told Greg and Angie, I said last week when we told them that we were resigning at Louisiana Tech because that's where they had worked with us in student ministry, and we were coming to Virginia Tech, I thought that they would be excited. I thought that they would be glad that there was space for them to step up and step into a lead pastor role. And instead, they sat in our front yard and they wept. And I mean, wept. And I was thinking, Oh, dear God. 
what have I done to them? I was, but, you know, we kind of got around that. And I said, look, if you feel like God's saying, go with us, go with us. But I don't want to call you or assume that this is what you're meant to do. But clearly the strategy here was a succession plan that involved them stepping into the place that we had had. And in fact, they ended up being there for 15 years and serving God in an effective and amazing way, but initially very intimidated about the task that was before them. And Greg had never spoken in a church. Now, he had spoken in Chi Alpha, but he had never spoken in a church. And maybe two months before we moved here, back in 99, uh, we were at what was our home church, really powerful, awesome church, pastored by a Cajun dude named Louis Bartett. And Greg was speaking that Sunday night, and Greg got up, the same Greg that was in here last week, sharing, uh, I thought, powerfully and effectively what God wanted said. And But Greg was standing there, and he began to preach, and he got about halfway through his first point. And he, this is exactly what he did. He just, I mean, he's, it looked like it was going pretty good to me. I'm back there interceding for him, you know. But it looked like it was pr- going pretty well. And he went, <laughs> I mean, just like that. Like just straight up laid his head on the podium. And then you're going, okay, what just happened? I mean, it could be the Spirit of God, you know. Man, the Spirit hit him hard. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And then he just goes, I'm sorry. I can't do this. I just can't do this. And he just started to walk away. I was devastated for him. I mean, I just, I I think I just went down between the back pews. Not because I was embarrassed, but because I was just like, God, did I, I, I was sure this is what you said. You know, did I, Lord, did I mess him up? Man, but the church. I mean, people from everywhere. Remember Golden Gotro, also a very Cajun guy. He came up there and he said, Whoa, little brother. And he looped him up, man, and he sat him down on the steps of the stage and people just began to pray and intercede for him. And an impartation happened because dancing is trying. You know? It's going, okay, here I go. I stepped on someone's foot. (laughs) I mean, and the things that God had done through those kids and are still yet to do. I'm calling them kids. They're in their mid-30s. But I like what David said to Saul in 1 Samuel 17. Saul, you know, stepped up. I mean, Saul desperately wanted someone to face Goliath. But he said to David, you can't possibly think that you can really do this, Right? Samuel 17, 33 through 35, you're only a youth. You know what David said? This is not my first dance. This is not my first time. I don't know if he moonwalked or what, but he said, look, I was out there watching my daddy's sheep. I don't need to be on a battlefield to face the enemy. And a lion and a bear, they came and he said, and... Your servant's been keeping his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned to me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. It's not my first dance. A couple of weeks ago, I've been trying to teach Jacob how to uh, drive a standard. Yeah. We just never, I mean, I guess about the time he started, he kind of was a little tardy to the party on learning to drive anyway. It wasn't a big deal to him, which is cool. And, but then I just shifted from having only standards to having automatics. And then when he spent the several weeks, he and Caleb in Cape Town, even over the summer, and he was hanging out with this person of interest, a.k.a. girlfriend. <clears throat> anyway, 
She's an amazing young lady, but for me to say that, it's just messing me up. But she has a standard. It was the only car that they were, was available for him to drive. So he came home. He's like, man, Pops. <laughs> I got to learn how to drive a standard. This is bad. So we got in. The only vehicle we have that's a standard is the 83 CJ7, which is definitely our least capable vehicle at the time, but it does run fairly well. It's not even street legal, though. But we were last week we were trying to learn how to drive it. And he'd been driving it around in low. It's four-wheel drive, so he'd had it in low, which is almost like driving an automatic. I mean, you almost can't kill it in low. So I said, no, let's shift it into high. And so we were trying to drive it. And I was trying to explain the concept of feathering the clutch. You know, you don't just push the gas harder when it sounds like it's going to die. You just shove the clutch just kind of, and he was like, I have no idea what you're saying. I said, well, just try it. So we did that for a little bit, and it was kind of working. I said, drive up on the hill. Then we got about halfway up the hill. I said, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. He's like. And then after we did that a couple of times, he said, oh, this, you know, actually, this makes perfect sense. Because dancing is believing and dancing is trusting and dancing is trying. And in trying, it's learning. And it's learning to trust and believe. When you try, you learn to trust and believe. It's reciprocal because you learn to trust and believe in the nature and character of our Father. And then, almost done, dancing is persevering. It's, it is believing, trusting, trying, and it's persevering because sometimes, you know, you... I mean, I've had the clutches burned out on my trucks before. <laughs> Karim was trying to teach a mutual friend how to drive uh, um, a standard in my truck, and I could hear it from approximately a quarter mile away. And then for about two weeks, I could smell it. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's just it's persevering. It's, it's standing into that thing. James one twelve. blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, the NASB says when he has been approved. But that only means approved by God. That means when God says, look, that son or that daughter has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Sometimes choosing to dance means choosing to dance in the rain, right? It's persevering. I'm not, again, I say this consistently, I'm not naive. We've, we've had our own shares and are, in fact, right even in this moment, still walking through our own share of difficulties, personal issues and problems. I understand that. But dancing is persevering. It's, it's sometimes dancing in the rain. I heard an epic story about a, a gentleman that was coming out of Walmart, and he could tell from being inside the building that it was raining really hard. And as he stepped into the area where you would exit, there were all kinds of people waiting because it wasn't your normal rain. You know that kind of rain that overflows the gutters and doesn't go down the spout because it's like the water wants so badly to get to the earth that it doesn't have time to go down the downspout. I mean, it's, it's pooling around the drains to the degree that there's still a flood, that kind of heavy rain. And he said as he stepped into that place, go ahead, man, that there was this um, situation where some people were seemingly at peace about it you know how oh, this rain's beautiful other people were frustrated that mother nature had interrupted you know their otherwise busy day he said but then all of a sudden this little girl just this precious little girl maybe six or seven years old just spoke up and she said hey mommy why don't we just run through the rain and her mom said what she said yeah why don't we just run through the rain we might not even get wet and she said not get wet she said you said that this morning 
And he said, everybody's kind of listening in a, at this point, you know, a little bit. Some people are still kind of chatting it up. But for the most part, people are listening to this little girl in the exchange with her mom. And her mom says, when did I say that this morning? You can run in the rain and not get wet. And she said, when you were talking to dad about his cancer. And you said, no matter what, you knew that God would see us through. And he said, now the entire foyer, I don't know what to call it, entryway at Walmart went silent. Everybody was listening. What would the mom say? He said he wondered, would she look out into the rain and just pretend that question didn't happen? Parents, come on, you know. Or would she say, you know, that's silly. I didn't mean you wouldn't literally get wet if it rained. What would she say? What an opportunity. And he said, she said, you know, you're right. We should just run through the rain. Because who knows, even if we do get wet, maybe we just needed the cleansing of a shower. He said the fascinating thing was what happened next. Because they took off and they, they ran through the rain and everybody watched them, a torrential downpour, a soaker as it were. And he said then everybody who had hushed to hear looked at each other and went, Dancing, as it were, in the rain. Psalm 56, 3 and 4. Even when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I will dance. In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? Persevering is patiently persisting. Even when we're in a season of waiting. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in doing good. For in the proper time, we will reap. If we do not give up. And then lastly, thank you for your patience today. No apologies for all the amazing things we got to put into this time that we had together. Galatians, or I'm sorry, finally, um, dancing is believing, it's trusting, it's trying, it's persevering, and ultimately I'd be remiss if I didn't say so much more we could add to the list. Wouldn't it be fun to do that? You should. Dancing is, is loving. Isn't loving the greatest kind of living after all? Hugging the people that are easy to hug and hugging the folks that are hard to hold. And isn't that the way that Jesus invited us after all to dance? Weren't we, by virtue of the separation that sin had created and caused sitting on the side, without an invitation? When the Son of all creation came to us and said, Can I have this dance? That would have been less awkward. I don't know how to dance. Wasn't that our situation when we, when Jesus came in the greatness of grace and the goodness of his love and said, can I have this? When you have the choice, 
the fact of the matter is we only truly dance when we dance with him there are no solo dances y'all we don't decide who's I mean we only dance when we let him lead huh there's no lead or follow it's only follow he always is the lead in this dance Psalm 1611 says it this way you made known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy dance I like this because it kind of goes with the dance metaphor but at your right hand are pleasures forevermore so dance like the kids <laughs> with the heart of a child the Cinderella dance of uh Stephen Curtis Chapman, all right? Dance. Daddy's dance too, Kevin. Yeah. God, I pray today that the fullness of who you are invades our very lives. Lord, that the fullness of who you are invades our very lives. Lord, in whatever our season or situation, whatever we walk and work through, Lord, that we, that we dance, that we choose to believe and to trust and, and even, yes, God, to try to step out in faith and, and be who you've made and created us to be and to walk in our destiny. And, Lord, even in that, Lord, when it's hard or when life goes cruel or crazy, that we'll still trust in the power of who you are. We'll persevere, patient, persistent, not drawn back, not stepping out for a season, but stepping into the greatness of grace and the power of the dance. And just loving, Lord, loving with reckless abandon all day, every day. Lord, like the people that I've even most recently visited in the hospital who were going through great difficulty, who were loving everybody that came into the room. Even when the body has failed, the dance is still there. Grace to try and to live forward. Now, Lord, even as we go, as we leave this place today, Jesus, I pray you would empower us with the person of the Holy Spirit. Lord, there'll be a hop in our step and grace for life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, it's fun being with you all today. And I do, again, pray that you have a great week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.